a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. episode of the Wellness Collective, we discover why resilience is so important, especially with the current world challenges that we're facing, how many facets of our life require resilience, and why triggers are useful to help us grow and to learn. We also find out why reward for effort is so important, and we talk about what's really going on with gut health at the moment. All this and more. Stick around. Thirsty Cecilia. Well, you know, you can't make a podcast without a cup of tea. So I hope if you're listening to us right now, you've just gone and made yourself a little cup of tea or maybe you're out for a walk or, you know, tell us where you are. Yeah, wherever you are, take a shot. Have a cup of tea. Gosh, I love tea. When I say a shot, I mean... Oh, a picture. (laughs) Not a, yeah, take a a photo and show us where you are. Or you could take a shot, tequila, vodka. I think 2020 is the year of no judgment when it comes to whatever you got to do to get mm -hmm. through, right? So a shot of... Tea, sure. or love, go for it, whatever it is. Shot of love, yes, that's interesting as well. <laughs> well, it's like a hug, but in a another oh, form because you can't hug oh, anyone. This is true. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Great. I'm good. I we've just recarpeted the entire mm. clinic, which mm. is not a small effort. We had to close no. for three days. It's such a huge space. It's got big stairs as well. Oh, I tell you. It's one of those really old buildings with lots and lots of stairs and lots of higgledy-piggledy rooms and stuff. Yes, but nothing ever goes to plan when you schedule something like that. And so the phone call that I got halfway through Monday about the wrong carpet being ordered Mm. was rather stressful. I might have had a little bit of a meltdown. (laughs) And the funniest part about the whole thing was I was so excited. We've had this green, dark, really dark kind of green carpet that's, I don't even know how you explain it. It doesn't promote wellness. Well, it's kind of like an earthy green colour. Right. Well, anyway, guess what? What? Looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> the same friggin' carpet. You know what, though? They probably thought, oh, don't fix what. I had to is, surrender is to broke. whoever it is that the carpet gods at that yeah. point and go, you want green carpet back in here again? No problem. Yep, yep. You it know, looks like what's supposed to be if we want to get it done. Yeah, you got to pick your battles. Totally. Look, I think our guest today might be able to help us a little bit with this mindset that we've obviously stumbled upon without even knowing that's where we were heading. Uh, mystery guest, would you like to <laughs> introduce yourself? Hello, how are you? Um, my name is Dr. Brett Hill. Uh, I'm a chiropractor and a podcaster from Adelaide uh, who spends a lot of my time educating people about health and wellness and resilience and mindset and food and all those sort of things. Love it. So, I think Love resilience it. is, I know, is we want to talk definitely the uh, topic that we can probably totally. pick apart the most today. Yeah, I feel like that's a really interesting place to start because I think more than ever, people get the, you need to sleep, you need to eat well, you need to move your body, you need to, you know, but this, there's another, I would say, you tell me, but do you feel like at the moment this other layer of what you said, resilience is something that we really probably need to add a fifth pillar? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we could add heaps of pillars at the moment, but it's definitely something that people are starting to focus on, which is great. And, and unfortunately, sometimes it takes something like the the world at the moment to make us start thinking about our resilience. You know, unfortunately, we often wait until sort of the crisis comes and then think, wow, I should have prepared better. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, it's a great time for us to start thinking about it because it can be incredibly beneficial for us right now while we're dealing with all the challenges in the world at the moment, be they related to our sort of health and, you know, bugs and bacteria and viruses and all those sort of things, or, or be it related to, I guess, more the mental health side of things at the moment and our ability to deal with 
all of the different challenges and stresses that are being thrown at us right now. So I think resilience is a great topic for right now, but it's also, I think, a, a really awesome opportunity right now to sort of analyse our life and see what we're doing in regards to resilience and, and how we might be able to become more resilient because um, that can then flow onto our lives in the future as well, you know, in terms of you know, resilience needed for all different aspects of our life. You know, it might be academia, it might be your finances, it might be socialising and dating, it might be, you know, designing a healthy life and, you know, even things at the moment like political activism or, mm. you know, whatever, your social media management, you know, all of those things require resilience. Um, and so as much as challenges like we're going through right now can be, well, by their very nature, challenging, um, <laughs> they also have some really great lessons that we can learn from them that can help us in the future as well, I think. Can mm. we start by actually defining what you mean by resilience? Are we talking about being able to go, okay, this has happened, I feel like it's hit me for six for whatever reason, whatever this thing is, how do I pull myself back up? And Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, well, I think resilience can be defined in different ways depending on, yeah, I guess, which aspect of resilience you're talking about. But I think when I talk about resilience, I like to think of it really holistically. So, so it's about your body's ability uh, and your mind's ability to see challenges um, and to, I guess, see the opportunity within the challenges. And rather than shrinking back from them and feeling, I guess, anxious and fearful and, and worried about it, is actually being able to channel it into something positive. Um, and to be able to deal with it in a really healthy way and, and move forward from it. So, like I said, that can be related to the mental side of things and, and dealing with stress, but I think it can also be related to, you know, the health of your body and, and so your ability to deal with health challenges when they come along. So it comes back to then, you know, the, all aspects of your lifestyle in terms of mindset and diet and exercise and, and all of those things we always talk about in sort of the health and wellness world. I think all of those can help build up our resilience. And of course, there's a massive crossover between all of them as well, mm. where you know, what you're doing mentally can really affect your physical health, what you're doing physically can affect your mental health as well. So, you know, when I think of, of resilience, I really think of, I guess, our innate resilience within our body, our ability to deal with the challenges of the world around us and, and thrive through them. Mm. It's so important too, I think, to even just name it and discuss it. Mm. Because I feel like there's a lot of fear right now and it's not necessarily, it's kind of the opposite. It can have the opposite effect of what you're talking about. I, one of the questions I did want to ask you was, how can we start to use that fear as, you know, to our advantage? And I feel like this resilient piece is part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the way you can use it to your advantage is by noticing how it triggers you. Uh, and so when you are triggered by things that are going on in the world, and there's plenty of those going on at the moment, all sorts of different things that can trigger you in all mm -hmm. sorts of different ways, it's a matter of analysing how that's affecting you and why that's affecting you. Because obviously with all of these triggers, some people will be more triggered than others. Yeah. Um, and the question is then why? Why is it that that particular thing triggers me? What is it about me? What is it about my life? What is it about my history, my mindset that causes that particular thing to trigger me? Um, and what can I learn from that? Like how can I change as a result of that and develop some strategies to get through that that will not only help me right now, but actually help me in the future as well. It's interesting you say that. I've had a few uh, heated discussions, not heated because I generally try and maintain some type of um, level when I'm engaging with people on especially social media, but there have been some standout people that have felt clearly very attacked by things that have been shared. And 
what's always interesting as as the conversation, and always my motto is kill them with kindness. Like I really want to understand why that's a trigger, why they feel that way. Mm. And by the end of the conversation, nine times out of ten, it's a behind-the-scenes conversation that goes on that, that I always learn that there's some type of trauma or turmoil that's going on, obviously, for them in the background, and that has been the reason why they've felt, you know, a need to discuss something in such a often aggressive way. Um, so I feel like this is such a nice conversation to have because just having that awareness mm. in itself about ourselves, how do we spark that awareness? I think that's the hard part too. I guess you're saying look at what the triggers might be. It's not really until you actually stop and do that that you can even think about whether you're doing this or not. Well, do you know what I mean? it's not until you kind of hit rock bottom in whatever it is that you realise that something was wrong. I think mm. that can happen as well, can't it? Mm, absolutely. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, and I think the key to that then is, is you don't necessarily have to wait for that rock bottom. Like you can notice the little triggers because whenever you do get to that sort of rock bottom stage and you do stop and analyse it, it's always easier to look back and sort of see the signposts that were there along the way and there were always heaps of signposts along the way that you just kind of <laughs> steamrolled through yeah, and this is true. true for absolutely all of us like yep. I'm certainly not claiming to be any you know, exception to the norm in this regard but there were always so many signposts that are so easy to see in hindsight but I think if we can just manage to be a little bit more present um, and this is one of the challenges I think we have when we go through crises like we're going through at the moment is that when you do get into that state of fear and anxiety it's hard to come back to that state of presence and it's easy to get caught up in the hype and caught up in the fear and caught up in the conspiracy theories and, you know, all of those things that I think, you know, I think both sides of the equation when we're talking about, um, you know, the really sort of holistic side of the equation and then the sort of really, I guess, you know, medical political side of the equation, there's kind of two opposing groups it seems like a little bit at the moment where everyone's seeing everything in black and white and wanting to bash heads and fight against each other. Um, which is really fascinating, but but both sides of the equation, what's happening is people are getting caught up in fear um, and caught up in kind of the hysteria of it and and losing the ability to have the the presence to just sit back and see those signposts along the way. Um, and obviously to to look at it from a more objective view and and see the shades of gray that exist there yeah. rather than the black and white thinking. Um, which is, I think, where we get stuck and where we miss those signposts is when we're sort of stuck in that fear paradigm and that black and white thinking. What can we do about resilience with the people around us, especially kids? I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about kids building resilience and stuff, but this is a particularly challenging time for especially uh, those people in lockdown, there's big parts of Australia that aren't in lockdown, but for those people who are, for the kids in particular, it's very difficult to be able to process all those signposts and and not be fearful in lots of ways. So how do we teach it to the kids? Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's lots of ways we can teach kids. I mean, I've written a book about getting kids to eat healthily and, and it goes into all different strategies around this. And, and in many ways, it's the same whether it's their food, whether it's their mindset, whether it's their exercise. And, and the strategies are largely the same. But I think the biggest one for your kids is role modelling. You know, mm. Your kids will hear what you do far more than they'll hear what you say. Um, and so by being the example to your kids um, of how to deal with the challenges and how to work your way through it and, and not hiding that from your kids I think is really important. So allowing them to see where it's appropriate, you know, what challenges you're going through and talk to them about it and talk to them about the emotions that brings up with you and, 
and help them see how you work through it, I think is really important. Um, obviously, some aspects of that might not be, you know, always appropriate for kids if there's stuff that's really you know, mm. bothering you or stressing you out. But as much as is possible, I think engaging your kids in those sort of conversations and then particularly engaging your kids in conversations around what they're doing and what they're struggling with and how they're working through it. And because really, ultimately, I think when it comes to resilience, I think most of the stuff that we have in order to deal with resilience is inborn, it's innate. Mm. And I think it's more about releasing our inborn innate intelligence and our innate ability to deal with stuff and drawing out of our kids those capabilities that I think they've already got rather than trying to teach them a whole bunch of new strategies and thought processes and problem-solving skills. So I think it's about just getting really curious with our kids, having conversations with them, once again, getting really present with our kids um, so that they can talk to us about what they're going through and we can perhaps in some ways help guide them through that and and draw out of them the solutions that most of the time they already kind of know. Yeah, I think the idea of being there for them and making sure they know that you're there for them is a big thing. You and, know? And, and it obviously really boils down to just the example that you lead with, yeah, you know, that you, yeah. they see all the time. Although that's hard because sometimes you feel like you're giving an example, but it doesn't look like it's rubbing off on them. <laughs> hey, um, I just thought of something when you were talking about that, Brett, about um, yesterday my, because our kids are still homeschooling and... Um, the the year two's got set a task and they had to watch a video and it was on safe YouTube. So obviously mm-hmm. the school thought it was all fine. And then it got flagged with the teacher that there was some inappropriate language in the <laughs> in the video. <laughs> so quickly an email came out and said, no, no, don't, you know, Did they don't actually show watch that. it before they Well, they, I don't know. Maybe it was in the background. There was music and Hilarious. stuff. But my thought was, I thought, oh, I'm not too worried about that because my kids are resilient enough. They've heard enough words that they probably shouldn't have over the last little while. <laughs> They'll be right. They'll be able to make sense. There's it. all sorts of exceptions going on right now. I walked in. Yeah. Chris and Livy were building um, some new shelves that we'd purchased, and Chris has got Drake playing in the background with every second word. Is an I'm like I don't know what what mm. what are we doing in here? He's like ah, oh, she's heard it before. Yeah, whatever. I'm like yeah, yeah but we don't use it every second word. Drake's now our example. I think the YouTube example is a great example, though, because, like, you could get that video sent out to you and you could play it and the swear word comes on and you've got two choices then, right? It's like you either jump and turn it off as quick as you can and pretend it never happened or you chat to your kids and say, oh, that was an interesting word. You know, do you know what that means? You know, do you ever use that? Do you realise that you shouldn't be using that at, you know, at school? Or, <laughs> you know, like, you can actually start a really great conversation with them mm. around swear words and when it's appropriate to use them and when it might not be appropriate to use them. And, and that's going to differ for every household, so I'm not going to make yeah. any judgments there. Um, oh, but, but it's an opportunity. <laughs> it's a learning opportunity, you know, and, and that's I think the prism we need to look at this stuff through is that sort of growth mindset to be able to say, yeah, okay, that was different. That was, you know, maybe not what I would have chosen, but here's an opportunity where we can learn how to deal with this stuff rather than just avoid it and try and bury it. Because um, I think, you know, part of the problem we have, I think, is with our younger generation coming through, the older generation, us as parents, have become quite a fearful generation mm. uh, where we're trying to, we are scared of the world around us. As a result, we sort of implant that on our kids and are trying to protect our kids from the big bad world. Um, and as a result, they've sort of grown up in a little bit of a bubble, which has actually diminished their resilience. And so I think we have a generation of younger people in our society that don't necessarily have as good a resilience skills. Um, I think largely through no fault of their own, but because yeah. of the way they've been brought up has been to avoid it, to avoid conflict, to avoid, you know, to have, you know, to avoid winners and losers in sport, oh, to avoid, yes. you know, all these sort of things where we say, well, we can't have winners and losers. And 
they haven't learned how to deal then with winning and losing. You know, they haven't ha- learned how to deal with success and challenge. And, you know, I think these things are a really important part of growing up. And rather than trying to avoid them, like I said, we can use them as learning and growing experiences. Mm. I think that's such a good example. That drives me crazy me that too. everyone gets a ribbon thing. Me too. Oh, my and gosh. I, and really I think I look at it personally from my point of view that I was hopeless as a kid, at lo- sport in particular, <laughs> I was never the kid that got a ribbon, never. And, you know, I... I made it through. I used oh. to do the egg and spoon race, thought it was a hoot, and yeah, off right. I'd go. I'd let everyone else be competitive well, if they wanted to. Absolutely. I've got the, oh, well, with Olivia, I've got the opposite. I've got the sporting child that's mm. not really interested in the academics. And I remember having a conversation with another mother one day whose child was the academic, and she was saying how it's so ridiculous that they all have to participate in sport and they mm. should all be awarded similar. And I did say that to her. I said, well, that's my daughter's opportunity to excel and to get the award for or winning or whatever it is. She's not standing up there getting the maths award like your daughter is. So it, it's some awareness around that that too, but I, I have to agree, it particularly drives me. I don't think it creates resilience, like you say, no, Brent. I mean, if all. you're just going, oh, well, it must be my turn soon to get student of the week, you know, like it's... Well, you've got to you earn that, well, don't you? Right. Like, it doesn't that's... give you anything to strive towards or to really look at whether you've, you're have you doing your best work. I mean, having kids at home and doing their school at home has been a really interesting opportunity to look at the way they learn and to go say to them, well did you do your best or did you rush through that in two minutes so that you could just go off and jump on the trampoline or whatever? Like it's it's a really good opportunity to show them that you have times in life where you know whether you've done your best or not and mm. what the outcome is because of that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way the world works. Like when they grow up, there is, you know, reward for effort. Mm. Is that, you know, if you put in the effort and you and you do the work, then the rewards are going to be different than if you don't do it. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get the same reward as the person next to you um, because ultimately people have different capabilities um, and ultimately sometimes life isn't fair. You know, sometimes mm. the person next to you gets picked for the promotion even though you're actually better at your job than them um, and you have to do that. You know, you have to be able to process that and deal with it and move forward and not let it negatively impact the rest of your life, you know. So, Learning those lessons, I think, are really important. I think that's why sport is so great. Is as much as it's a physical thing, it's a mental thing of of learning how to deal with all those different things. And and the same with academia, like you're saying, you know, with the maths, like it's important to be able to learn how to do well and how to fail. And you know that actually this test that I studied more for than I actually did do a bit better. And mm. you know that there is a reward for the effort that you put in because ultimately that's what kids are going to carry through with them into their adult life. Um, and really, ultimately, those are the skills we need to be teaching our kids now because you know, there's not much point teaching our kids information anymore because information oh, is available. You can find it, yeah. the finger. You know, you yeah. can just go on Google and find all the information you want, but learning how to interpret that and what to do with that and how to, you know, the social skills to get you through life, mm. um, these are the things that we really need to be teaching our kids and, and often that they're somewhat lacking in because they spend so much more time on social media now and, and online rather than, you know, in-person interactions, um, you know, I, I think these lessons can be really, really important, perhaps even more so than they ever were. I think also too, you've touched on something, this idea of, of comparing yourself to the person next to you, like, oh, that person got a promotion. Um, I think it's so hard with social media that that is just innate, that you look at what other people are doing and and you do go, oh, but I'm not doing that. Maybe I should be or, or what have you. But uh, a little while ago, I was talking to my kids about, um, you know, like team sport and how 
you you need all the pieces of the puzzle for a team to work and you all have the different skill set that you bring to the team and you couldn't have a team of all that kid because that would not work because you'd have all forwards or you couldn't mm. have just that kid because no one would ever get a kick or whatever, you know, like it's that, that thing where you have all the pieces of the puzzle and that makes a great team. So you can't compare yourself and what you're good at to the next person necessarily because you're not going to get the same outcume and you mm. need to work together. Mm. It's, it, it's yeah, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. And I think that sense of contribution is a really important part of having resilience as well, is, is being able to identify what your contribution is to your team or to society or yeah. you know, mm. to your family or whatever it is, is, you know, having that understanding of your, your worth and your value and your contribution you can make is a really important part in helping you feel more resilient. And I think, you know, for some people that's been a real challenge right now if they've either lost their job or are unable to go in and work as they usually would, then for some people that is their real sense of contribution and passion or it might be volunteering or, you know, whatever it is that they can't do to their full capacity right now. Um, and so it's then about a matter of, you know, figuring out where can I contribute right now and, and often how am I already contributing because often as much as anything, as much as needing to do more stuff, what we often need to do is recognise the stuff that we're already doing um, in order to help us feel more resilient and deal with these sort of stresses and challenges that we see. And like you said, social media, I think, is a big part of that, um, that fe- those feelings of stress and fear and anxiety that many people are experiencing at the moment. I think you know, social media really plays into that uh, because of that comparison you spoke about. Mm. Changing lanes with the, the resilience theme. Mm. Can we talk about resilience when it comes to our microbiome at the moment? Because we're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, sanitised up to our eyeballs. I was just saying before we started... Before we started recording, I was saying that how the door handles at work are starting to melt with the <laughs> level of, of cleaning, of, of disinfectant. How is that... Yeah. How do you see that impacting our immune system moving forward? Yeah, well, and it's, firstly, it's got to be impacting on our immune system moving forward and impacting on our immune system right now. You know, we know the importance of our microbiome in our gut. Um, I think we're now learning a lot more even about the microbiome on our skin and how important that is as um, not only a first line of defence in terms of our immune system, but also just in terms of keeping our skin and, you know, with your skin being kind of the biggest organ in your body, then by default, your entire body healthy. Um, so I think it is taking a smashing at the moment. Um, and I think it's important for people to be cognizant of that um, and doing what they can to help mitigate that, you know, so making sure that they are um, getting themselves out in an environment as much as possible where they can help replenish that. And, and that obviously involves foods and, and making sure they're getting, you know, some cultured food into their diet and they might be taking probiotics as well, but, but also getting out into nature. I think we're seeing that people getting out into nature is really important in terms of their microbiome. Um, I love that. Whether that be inside your gut or on your skin. Um, so I know, yeah, for you guys, particularly being in Melbourne, that's harder than it is here in Adelaide at the moment. But nevertheless, you do have, you know, a period of time each day you are allowed to get outside. Um, and so I think the more you can get out into nature, the more you can get out the, perhaps into the garden and get your hands dirty, um, then the better you're going to be in terms of looking after your microbiome. Absolutely. You know, sorry, so good. But I think that's a great thing also if you're listening to this after we're out of lockdown. Mm. Um, 
one thing you can do to start to restore things is spend more time outside. Yeah. Once we can even have more time again, which is going to feel like best Hugging day ever. Trees. Yeah, go and hug a tree. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, it's a double whammy, isn't it? Interesting that when you start thinking about it, you go, oh, yeah, well, that's linked to that, to that, to that. There is no doubt, and I actually heard some statistics about this the other day, people were interviewed about, you know, what they've been doing to feel good over the last few months and 80% of people said getting into nature and Mm -hmm. having more time to go for walks and to be able to appreciate looking around at what's in their local area and going to places they'd never been before and all these things that are right on our doorstep but we've been too busy to acknowledge in lots of ways. Yeah, and I... I think that just confirms what I was saying before about it being innate as well. Yeah. That our body innately knows that that's what it needs. And ironically, it's when we've been forced to stop and to slow down, we've actually been forced to be yeah. more present. We've actually then been able to recognise what our body's probably been shouting at us for the last decade, which is slow down, get in nature, you know, do all these things that we're now doing. Um, and, the, and the forced lockdown has actually forced us to stop and take check and partly recognise what we're missing because it's like when you can't have it, you just want it three times more, um, but also partly actually listen to our body and what it's been saying to us all this time. Mm. And so once again, it's the lessons that you can learn from the challenges um, that hopefully, and I think it will, I think a lot of people will take these lessons with them as we come back out of lockdown um, and, and carry it forward as a different way of being and a different way of doing things, which is in many ways kind of exciting. It is. I agree. Yeah, I love it. I love Absolutely. That, that, that a trip to the, the bush or, you know, even a stroll around the block and mm-hmm. keeping an eye on which birds are around and everything has been the highlight of life for the last little while. But, yeah, you do. You get so much joy out of it and, um, you know, the fresh air, the like you say, the, the dirt in, in between your fingernails and, and um, everything in between is certainly much more enjoyable than spending an hour in the car in peak hour traffic. Absolutely. Anyway, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Would you like to let everyone know where they can access more of your information? Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can find my podcast, uh, which is This Week in Wellness, uh, on the Wellness Couch. So they can go to thewellnesscouch.com. Um, they can find about me at my website, which is drbretthill.com. Um, And I'm also doing some resilience mentoring. Uh, So I have a group uh, mentoring program called Exercising Resilience. Um, Now, I do that uh, every month. um, I do two mentoring sessions, so they're all done online. Uh, We have a private group where we can all get together and people can ask questions and let us know what their challenges are, all that sort of stuff. Um, And we do a 21-day challenge each month. So people can join me on that if they want to. They can join for 30 days for free um, if they go to drbretthill.com forward slash the wellness collective um, and they can come on for 30 days no obligation do some mentoring um, work on building up their innate resilience or at least you know, releasing their innate resilience and um, and hopefully be ready to rock and roll when the you know when everything starts to open up again that they can really uh, you know learn from this great opportunity we've got right now and and thrive going forward as a result Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're all just going to be these like glowing bodies going, I'm enlightened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, I'm enlightened. <laughs> oh, Cecilia, so funny. We have no reviews left to read oh, today. Look. I think maybe because we've been smashing out the podcast though. With I know. People's we- fingers can't keep up. We've done quite a few in the last little while, haven't we? Have, we? yeah. So yep. anyway, please uh, top that up if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to do that. That's right. Head to Apple Podcasts yes. and that's where you do it. Right yeah, there. just leave that review. 
review because that makes us smile. Mm-hmm. Yes, it Otherwise. helps to build our resilience. Does it? Yeah, no, it does. That's right. Yeah, it does. It validates us. We feel good. A little bit of positive reinforcement. Absolutely. Although, what if you get a bad review? Well, we we haven't had one of those. Don't be the first person to no, do that. No, don't Thanks. do that. I mean, what do you say? If you're going to do a star, you may as well go five. five. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Brett. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do feel like you have left us with um, lots of lots of good places to kind yes. of, you know, head to Absolutely. when it comes to resilience. It's Absolutely. not overwhelming. We can do this. Absolutely. Well, Cecilia, mm. until next time. We hope this has left you feeling happier. <laughs> She gets it right this time, healthier. And better. (laughs) Yeah, you know, gotta mix it up. Yeah, totally.